Welcome to the Journey Living Podcast, where we take on the real life topics while inspiring you toward hope and healing in God's Word. Join Pastor Mark Bird along with speaker, Christian life coach, Shannon Meyer, as they guide you through a roadmap, gaining fresh vision and inspiration for going forward on your journey, encouraging you to run your race with endurance that is set before you. Friends, listen, this is the day that we begin this podcast, Journey Living, and today we have entitled this Hope in Troubled Times, and I think you're going to discover as you begin to listen to this that it's very obvious to most people that we are definitely living in troubled times, and and what is the key to living in troubled times? Well, the key is finding hope to keep going, literally, honestly, and this is what um, the Bible describes as hope deferred or put off makes a heart sick. And this is what happens. This is what's happening in our society, in our culture. So as we begin this today, put your ears on and uh, buckle your seatbelts because I think this is going to be a fun episode. So with me today in the studio is Shannon Meyer. Uh, Shannon is the president of Journey Living. And listen, Shannon, this topic God has put on your heart and like explain what what is there that's really burning in your heart that you want people to know about? Well, I think, Mark, you hit it right on the head that we're in some times that we have never seen before. You know, some have said we're in perilous times. Well, in America, I don't know that we're at perilous because we still have food and water and, and lights are on. But right. you know what? Not every day is going to be sunshine and rainbows, even for the most optimistic person. And maybe you are the half glass, the glass half empty or glass is half full kind of person, but you and I both know that life is really hard, and today it's super hard. And the problem that we have encountered with the pandemic, and the big C word is, is that there seems to be no relief whatsoever. And in a day and age that every hour seems to usher in a new problem, that there's more things that are troubling us from a financial standpoint, a family standpoint, your marriage, the schools, the government, it just seems to be compounding. And I feel like today when we have to ask the burning question, where do we find hope for our real problems, for real life? Not some conjured up pie in the sky type of um, you know, counsel, but just, God, where are you in the midst of these troubled times? We know he's with us. But what's this going to continue to look like? Should we be worried? You know, many talk about being in the end of the end times. Things are going to get worse. So we, we know that. But what does it look like? You know, Mark, do you remember the flannel graph Jesus like in Sunday school class? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I spoke on this yesterday in a service about the perfect Olin Mills picture of Jesus where he is like so, so perfect in that picture that he's almost not reachable he's you can't touch it you know like right. he's, he's so super perfect but I don't know about you and, and maybe I'm just you know living in the real times but I need a real Jesus amen amen <laughs> with skin on with right skin on yeah. and like he's not airbrushed and his hair is not perfect and his robe isn't perfect like I love the um in the chosen that great new movie and series that's out right now where Jesus comes in from a hard day's heal uh, from a hard day's work of healing and Mary his mother is greeting him as an adult and she's cleaning him up and that's the Jesus I feel like I need in my life yeah. that he's 
in it with us. He wants to bind up our wounds. Yeah, right? and he's in the trenches. But at the end of the day, he still doesn't look completely perfect. Like he got in the dirt with me. Oh, amen. And it's there that I just think many of us and people I know I minister to you, and maybe you do too, are looking for tangible hope for somebody that can just help us up and out of here. We know this isn't going to go the other way. I don't believe right. the pendulum is swinging the other way. Do I don't you? Need, no, <laughs> I definitely don't, Shannon. I think we're in this, and I think Jesus reminded us, uh, as I preached yesterday, Matthew 24, that he that endures to the end yes. will be saved, right? And so that's the hat we have to start putting on. It is, and sometimes that word endurance for somebody who's already tired is like, oh my goodness, I can't keep going. So where's the hope in finding your endurance? Where's the hope in getting new strength for tomorrow and building that tenacity? Well, today what we're going to do is we're going to find that hope. We want to just we just want to share with all of you as um, an audience of where is this hope that I can truly touch, I can truly talk to, I can truly have a piece of my life. But I got to ask the first question, or maybe pose this, Mark, and maybe there's a listener out there today. It's like. I don't even know this Jesus you're talking about. Yeah, I know about Christmas and I know about Easter, you know, but there are a lot of people out there and, and I'll just share a real quick personal story is I have a lot of older friends who really don't know about Jesus. I share my walk and they've seen that out publicly or on social media or been at some of my events, but I've just point blank asked them. I'm like, do you know the story of Jesus? Right. And they're like, no, I don't. And I'm like, how can that be in America? In America, right? But that is so, so true. And I think we got to just present that question. What happens if I don't even know Jesus? I don't know who you're talking about. What do we say to that person? Yeah, you know, I'm reminded, Shannon, where my mind instantly went. And of course, you know, I'm never going to use the word this scripture is overused. But it is quoted a lot. But I want to have us think about this for a minute because I think this uh, first thing, I think in first steps, Shannon, I think what comes to my mind is this. Uh, what does God think? And what is he thinking about me? Hmm. And so it takes me to Jeremiah 29, 11. Huh? Now, what's amazing about this, right, is, okay, it's not overly used, but we quote it a lot. But listen, I think in understanding this hope, I think we have to first understand what God's thinking about me. And what happens a lot, and I talk to people all the time as well that are not Christians, and they just are walking around thinking God is mad at me. Mm. That's what God thinks of yes. me. He's this righteous ogre, mm. right, that is that is ready to beat me down with a stick at the, at the first mistake that I ever made. Right. But the reason that I bring this up and the reason this is so powerful for today, for God says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And you know what, Shannon, what I've discovered is when we're feeling very hopeless, whether or not we say it out of our mouths, I think we feel hopeless because we feel like God's mad at me. And if God's mad at me, there's really no hope for me. Whether or not I'm serving him, Shannon, I think that's in the back of everyone's mind. Right. That is excellent. And you know, what's funny is that is Journey Living's key <laughs> verse, our ministry verse. And that's just so funny because Mark and I 
really um, we prepare our hearts for these podcasts, but to sit over and cross-examine each right. other's notes, we don't. And so Amen. I'm really laughing here in the studio as he pulls out Jeremiah 29:11. I am that person who often feels like God is mad at me. I didn't do enough. I didn't go the extra mile. Did I read enough scripture? You know, whatever. You And you all know that. Um, there's a spirit of religion sometimes that gets so twisted up in our mind that it's just so unhealthy. Right. But I love that you said that when um, we think he's mad, there there is no hope. And um, it is my our mission verse, of course, but I love that he says, when you come and look for me, you'll yeah. find me. We oh, stop yeah. at Jeremiah 29, 11. But to go on into 13 and 14, says, so when you come looking for me, you'll find me. You know, so many of us are looking for something. The whole world is looking, and it doesn't often come and find us. Amen. We go searching for that, and it gives us this empty void every single time. Yes. Where Jesus says, if you'll come looking for me, you will find me. And then it goes on to say, when you get serious about finding me, you really want to find me and you want nothing else, I'll be sure not to disappoint you. I love the message version that says, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. That's right. That's and right. So that's hope. his heart. Yeah. And so that's the whole thing is realizing that God, what God is thinking towards me is not, I'm ready to beat you down with a stick. His heart is, I'm thinking of you to give you hope and a future. That's what he's looking for. Because those of you out there that have uh, children or maybe grandchildren or maybe both, like, is that the way that you think toward your children? Like, I can't wait to beat them down with a stick, right? <laughs> and that's not the case. And, and so why do we say God is that way? Because uh, Jesus said, in Luke, he says, listen, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? What a gift, right, to those who love him. Yes. And that's it. You know, it's there that um, poses another question. You know, maybe you do know about Jesus, but you had a really poor example of Jesus. You know, oftentimes we will... Um, what our earthly father is like is what we will see our heavenly father is like. And so that can be very difficult. As you said that statement in that verse, you know, what if you didn't have the dad who was good to you and right. gave right. And, and he did neglect or abuse? You're not going to think your heavenly father is ever going to be good to you. That's and right. So I do want to speak to that person because maybe your earthly father fell short tremendously. And, and this was a hard stretch for me, too, because I had to learn to, to love and be loved by my Heavenly Father. Um, as you know, Papa. I call, mm -hmm. I call him Papa. Yeah. Um, Daddy. That's, that is what he wants to be known as, that adoring kind of name. You know, I know it's Lord and Savior. But we also have a Father who loves us, that loves for us to come to Him. Yes. And hope in Him that he will be our savior, our rescuer, our right. daddy, our father. And so it's there that maybe somebody didn't have a great example of Jesus. So their earthly parent or parents were a great disappointment or lack of, or you were orphaned or abandoned. How in the world do you find hope in somebody you can't even touch or talk to? That's good. 
That's really good. Because I think we, I mean, not think, we are, we are humans. So we only have on what our earthly premonition is like. So can you speak to the person who maybe didn't have that good example of Christ or a good even earthly father? Yeah, definitely, Shannon. And so uh, different of us have had different versions of that same experience, but the experience is the same in that the earthly representation of a father has not been to us what our heavenly father wants to be or wants that to be. And I'll speak this even in my own personal testimony, Shannon. And you know, when I was listening to you just a minute ago, the scripture came to my mind in Hebrews eleven six: without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm-hmm. So in those instances where you say, well, you know, I, I just don't have that experience. I have Or I have a bad experience Mm -hmm. with my earthly father. But here's what has to happen, right? You have to come in faith to God. That's it. Now, the, the problem is, and there's been teachings out there that says you have to have this tremendous scoop shovel full of faith. But in fact, Jesus said you just have to have the size of a mustard seed. So as an example... Shannon, I'll share this little piece of my own testimony. So when Christ was introduced to me personally, I'll be honest with you, Shannon, this is the exact words that came out of my mouth. Well, I'll give it a shot. Mm -hmm. And I honestly did. Like, I don't know that I had a whole lot of faith mixed in with that. But what I did is I prayed and it was something like, God, if you're really real, like I am inviting you to come into my heart. And, Mm -hmm. And Shannon, that took... Hardly no faith whatsoever. But my point is, that's all God needed. He just needed an invitation mixed with even a little tiny bit of faith. Wow, that's good. And it was enough. I I have a bracelet with a tiny mustard seed on it. And I often wear that. And just as a reminder, if you've not seen one, I would would just go to the spice rack in the grocery store and look at the size of a mustard seed. It is so tiny. And I'm with you. I know sometimes, and those of us who have been in church, maybe since your mother's womb, we've got so much head knowledge, right? Just like the Pharisees. It's so much head knowledge, but we can't get it down to our heart. And I often teach it's the shortest distance of death, the Mm. 18 inches from your head to your heart. It's about 18 inches. And it's there. We can have so much knowledge of scripture but if it never penetrates our heart if we don't get that information down into our heart to become a revelation it will never become transformation that's good and it's there that i think we have to just even if you can offer up that seed and say lord this is all i have i heard these two people on a podcast today say you know here's some hope it's jesus it's the only hope we have I'm going to go with it. Take that little tiny piece and and let that be what blossoms into a huge tree that can become this fullness of life with Christ. Because, hey, guys, we are not in a day and age where um, there's a whole lot of positivity going around. So, Boy, that's for sure. So you know that God is going to have to be the one thing you hold on to. Psalm 9, 9 reminds me of this. It says, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. I think I see this every day, the the weight of oppression on so many people. It says, he is a stronghold in times of trouble. Verse 10 going on in Psalm 9 says, those who know your name will trust in you for you, Lord, 
have never forsaken those who seek you. Wow. And so maybe it's just you need to cry out and say, Abba, Father, Papa, I'm going to believe what these two people I just heard them say is all I need is this tiny little blip of faith. Yeah. I am that oppressed person. I am so much in troubled times. But if you'll be that stronghold for me, I'm going to trust that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And Shannon, it's it's going to take me back to Jeremiah 29 again, verse 12. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me mm-hmm. and I will listen to you. Yeah, It's that simple. Shannon, I think what you're describing, religion makes it much more difficult, right, to get to God when he's like, I'm literally just a prayer away. And it doesn't have to be this elaborate prayer. He just said, you'll pray to me, you'll call to me, and I'll listen. It's that simple. And I would say to the listener today, give it a shot. That's what I did. (laughs) I just said, Lord, I'll give it a shot. I even said it out loud with my mouth. Not a whole lot of faith mixed with that, right? Not an elaborate prayer either, right? Kind of like, well, I guess I'll go for broke here. Yes. You know, we go for broke on many things in life, and we'll take a risk on a whole lot of things that are awfully scary. That's true. But yet we won't offer ourselves up or even take Christ up on his invitation to join him. And it's in Mark 3, I taught on this yesterday as well, we're kind of reliving our Sunday sermons. Yeah, I know, right. sorry. <laughs> but it's here that he said he went away on a mountaintop and invited those that he had chosen That's to it. go with him. And it's there that I think we have to not stand God up on this invitation that he is calling us to. So they came away with him. When's the last time you just came away with something that you knew would not disappoint you? We just read it here in Jeremiah 29, um, 12, and 13, and 14, that says, listen, when you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. It says that's God's decree. I'll turn things around for you. I'll bring you back from the countries into which I drove you. He's talking about the people were in exile for 70 years, and sometimes God will put us off. He sends us into an exile state right? while we're all about ourselves and living. But these people knew their hope was in him. And he used Jeremiah to encourage them as they were living their life in a 70-year span, just like you and I are doing. Listen, I've got good plans for you. Despite whatever you're in, despite whatever you think is going on, I have good plans for you. And it's not to harm you. Amen. Shannon, I'm going to take us over to Hebrews chapter 6. And I love this. Verse 19. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor Mm. for our souls. And I want want to say to the soul out there listening that is dry, that is parched, that is weary, that is broken, that is maybe hopeless. Mm. Like that's not something that we like to say out of our mouths and admit. But if you're in that place, this hope that Jesus offers is a strong, trustworthy anchor for our souls. And it really, I say, you got nothing to lose. And it says it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. I love that. And that's where what? That's where he lives. He's inviting us into where he lives. Basically, God's inviting us to his house. Amen. I love that. I do too. I love that so much, Mark. It comes to me, Psalm 91, that 
he who dwells in the shelter mm. of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say, O Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress in whom shall I trust? Surely he will save me from the fowler's snare and the deadly pestilence. You know, we have a deadly disease throughout our, our world today. We do. And it's here that we just have to climb under his wings. I, I just think sometimes our hope is in safekeeping. Yeah. just said hopelessness and it's out. I think I feel hopeless when I'm out in the world and I just can't get to a safe place. You know, it's kind of, you ever been lost in the woods or maybe you've just gotten off track somewhere and you're like, I just need to get back where there's shelter, where there's someplace I'm familiar with or that I can kind of regain my, my bearings about me so I can think straight. I can find a new direction. And I feel like this is where God just says in verse four of Psalm 91, he will cover you with oh, his yeah. feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrows that fly by day. Listen, I think Satan's on a rampage to take people out. He knows his time is short. short. Oh, he knows his time is short. And Amen. he is doing a bang up job of just ticking people off. And when I mean ticking, not making them mad, like like ticking, here goes one, here goes one, here goes one. It's in suicide. It's an overdose. It's in where he is literally taking their lives from them and just that kill, steal, and destroy every part of them. And if we could just get under the wings of Christ and yes. just hold close to him and climb up in there like the father he is and says, come up in here, kiddos, I'll take good care of you. That's it. And he that dwells there, he yes. that lives there. And I thought about this, Shannon, as I was listening to you, I thought about the listener out there. It's like, why do you guys always just go to the scriptures and why do you always <laughs> just quote scripture for everything, right? Because here's the answer to that, Shannon. Uh, and Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 6 and verse 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Mm. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Amen. And that's why we speak the word of God because it is Jesus. It is the word of God. And that's why we run to that, Shannon, that's because right. that's where our hope lies. Our hope is, is right there. And I think that's a, a great way to um, be able to kind of bring this to a close today is our hope is in Christ, but it's here that it's also the only hope we have or even know. It is. I, I don't know what else to offer people anymore. You know, so many people come to me for life coaching and counsel and you the same, Mark. And we speak and we write and we try to share the hope we have been given in Christ. But I, I don't have a miraculous formula for them. Right. I don't have a 10-point sermon or a 10-point step. I have one step. Mm. And it's to Christ. It is. To Christ alone. And I know that might sound churchy to somebody, but listen, I just want to tell you, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And mm. he came to earth so he would know and be able to empathize, it says, so he would know how we felt. He has gone through everything, everything that we experienced. I remember one time, um, we were struggling in our marriage and I can remember just this prayer kind of off the cuff is well, you don't know what it's like to be married. And, <laughs> and you know what I heard back in my spirit, Mark, 
I've got the church as a bride. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Woo! And I thought, okay, well, that really isn't a fair fight. So, you know, it's there that um, God does know. Jesus himself knows what it is to feel hopeless. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane he on his was. knees. Mm. You know, sweating blood. And he knows that. But he also knew that who he could look for. He cried out himself, Father, Father why have you forsaken yeah. me? And, and fully God, but fully man, he knew who his hope was. And even when the enemy came to him in the wilderness and tested him, what the word said, what the word, you know, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. It's a constant back to the word yes. of God and to himself. And that's why we cling to that, Shannon. That's why we run to it. Yeah. But uh, one thing you said that I absolutely loved, I'm writing this down myself. It's a one-step program. This comes <laughs> from James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There's your one step. There's the one step, yes. right? And what I always tell people as well is I go, listen, you have to make the first step. That's but right. God takes the rest of the steps. That's right. And so you know what? Here's the bottom line. I say this all the time. God is such a gentleman. Mm. He's not going to make the first move, quote, right? It's by faith. Like yep. I mentioned earlier, you take that first step of faith and God runs to the scene. He runs to you and embraces you, and his heart is to give you a future and a hope. Amen, amen. Boy, it's there. Yesterday I spoke about Jesus being a gentleman, and he won't go anywhere. He's not welcome. That's so true. I mean, how many of us go to a house or a party or something where if you know you're not liked, you ain't going, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's for you sure. you know you're not welcome, you're probably not going to go to it. So. I love how, how you've ended that with, you know, he is our only hope. One step. We should have called this the one step program. One step program. <laughs> we're going to leave you with that today. Um, we're so excited you've joined us and we want to invite you back to next week. We're going to continue in our Hope in Troubled Time series. We are so excited to have you with us and continue to follow us. I'm here with Mark Bird and I'm Shannon Meyer. We want to thank you again. Mm -hmm.